The show is going international, and we were stopping in Germany to learn an incredible testimonial from Sebastian. Like many, he started in the marketing department for him in the gaming industry with a focus on the intersection of marketing and technology. Again, this was in the pre-growth hacking days. He has co-founded two startups, both of which failed, but were remarkable learning experiences. He has now started an SEO side project while working on his last startup to test the ideas, and he ended up falling in love with the clarity it provided in terms of what users wanted. He turned into the digital nomad lifestyle and traveled the world for a year while running affiliate sites. Fast forward, he has now co-founded DoFollow.io, a premium link building agency in late 2017 as a side project. He grew that side project from zero to seven figures in four years, growing the team from just the two founders to 12 core members, plus various VAs and other service providers. This company is focused on quality-driven link building and journalist outreach, providing a steady stream of high-quality backlinks to your website to support your content marketing efforts. We will discuss so much today, including all of that, link building, search engine optimization, or SEO content marketing, no-code tools, managing remote teams, digital marketing, and so much more. And since we are joined by a gaming entrepreneur on the show today, this week's spotlight story at the halfway point is going to be from an article online in the Entrepreneur Database titled, How to Become a Gaming Entrepreneur. And then we'll get Sebastian's take on it. But let's kick this show off, Sebastian. Why did you originally become an entrepreneur? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Um I wish I could start with a very inspirational um, quote here or a story, but actually I started out um, because of pain. Um, and as you mentioned, I co-founded two, two startups, which both failed. Um, and the, the pain I was feeling there was mainly lack of clarity, and I was just not happy how we were approaching things. And at that time, I was dabbling in SEO. I didn't know much, to be quite honest. Um, but what I loved about it was the clarity it provided. You can really see what people are looking for, and you can build and tailor products around that need. And to me, that was such a revelation because before we were just trying stuff and changing direction every other week, which was very frustrating. So I was super happy to have that clarity from the start and then really start my entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey from there to, to really build products that people wanted. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders, a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. I love that your emphasis on things people want, things people need. I think that can transition to everyone listening on, no matter which business you are. For me, I'm trying to fill the need of improving others' mental health, helping students. Sebastian is in a different world, but he is crushing it. And I'm very excited to stop in Germany. So thank you for kicking us off. And to everyone tuning in today, welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. My name is Vincent A. Lancy, and I am excited to finish off 2022 strong with our guest out in Germany. As I mentioned, he has multiple startups he started, which include tons of lessons learned and tips for success along the way. We're going to give you all that and more, but let's start out here, Sebastian. What is one of your greatest lessons learned in entrepreneurship? I think the, the greatest lesson that I've ever learned is the power of no. Yes. And we can talk about how that translates into like building businesses and maybe positioning and, and all these things and how that showed up in, in the business that we are building right now. Um, but I specifically like it because it forces you to ask a question, which is why, 
right? Why should I say yes or no to something? And if you're a fan of Simon Sinek, he has that start with why mentality, right? That big why, why you're getting up in the morning. And you mentioned uh, yours, which is mental health and teaching people about mental health. But I feel the road to the big why is paved by a lot of smaller whys. And no's can help you to ask those whys, uh, those whys in the right moment, right? Why should I do this? Should I commit to this or shouldn't I commit to this? Should I take on this client? Should I say no to that client, right? There are a lot of no's along the way and no can provide a lot of mental space to focus on the right things if you know yourself uh, well. And I, I think that's the most um, exciting journey for me to understand more about myself and why I'm saying yes or no to things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a super helpful tool um, in designing a business that works for you or um, just to, to understand yourself a little bit better. I love it. I have this here in the show notes. I've been typing it up the power of no, no can help answer the why. And when you think of it like that, it's similar to the way that I look at quote unquote failures every time that things don't go yeah. well i come away with more learning lessons and i'm better equipped to tackle the task unfortunately there is no blueprint for entrepreneurship it is go 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 try your best to fix it and keep improving every day great answer there sebastian i'd love to now just go right back into your current business for everyone who has not heard about this venture let's talk more about it yeah so dofollow.io is a premium link building service so we focus on a subsection of search engine optimization, which is, well, we help our clients to rank better in, in Google for, for their products. Um, so we've, we've really niched down and that transitions right well from the, the power of no into how we designed the business, right? We traditionally, a lot of agencies do everything in the SEO space. They do technical optimization, they do content, they do links. Uh, we decided to just do one thing because our no is to everything else where we are not real experts and we really just focus on what we're, what we're good at, which is link building and then providing better quality than anyone else, right? That's, that's our approach to the no in business, really trying to understand where do we have to say no? Um, and then how, can, how will that have implications on, on the business we are, we are building? And that has provided a lot of freedom. We, we have grown quite a bit, we have doubled every year since we since we started in revenue um except last year but we're going to double again next year the with the trends we have so saying no to the wrong clients uh and saying saying yes to what we're really good at has been uh the game changer and has provided a lot of freedom um right saying no to things gives you a lot of headspace to to make better decisions to uh, work on your mental health, uh, to understand yourself better, to understand your business better. Um, and yeah, th that whole power of no um, theme ties in really well with how we structured um, our business. I love that you really put an emphasis there on providing quality. And again, that can transition to any business, any product, any service. Make sure you're doing your consumers the they, they make sure you give them the due diligence, I should say. They're trusting you. They're putting their faith in you. They're choosing your product, your service. Let's create lifelong comforters, lifelong customers, excuse me, and keep growing. Before we get into this week's spotlight story, though, Sebastian, I would like to ask you, what are some of the more challenging parts of entrepreneurship for you? Yeah, there are a lot of challenging parts, to be honest. And if I had to pick one, it is understanding yourself and the, the own personal development journey you have to go on, right? Because everything is tied back in uh, back to how you show up in business. Um, you can, 
business is about a lot of things. You can think about finance, marketing, sales, right? Yes. There's a lot to learn. But all of that ties back into how you show up, how you're programmed, which old patterns you bring into your business. And understanding that, I think, is way more powerful. If you think about leverage, right? I think understanding yourself and understanding how your thought processes impact your business, that has so much more, more power than really focusing on, on one specific aspect, right? Because you can think about pricing. If I'm more conflict avoidant, uh, maybe I don't want to increase uh, my prices because I don't want to annoy my customers, right? Or I might struggle with letting go um, certain people because I don't want to have the tough conversations with my employees or my co-founder or clients. That shows up in so many ways that are not really visible. Um, so the biggest challenge really is to get that clarity and then work on that so you can show up in the best way um, to, to really bring your business forward. You've touched a lot today on clarity. Would you mind giving a tip or two to our audience who may be struggling with finding clarity, some things that worked for you when you were searching for it? Yeah, there, there are many different ways, right? You can, you can read books, you can talk to people. To me, what helped a lot is having a tight group of entrepreneurs around me that, that act as a sounding board for, for ideas. Um, another thing that worked really well is therapy, to be quite honest. Yes. That goes deeper into understanding yourself. Money mindset can be a topic, for instance, but conflict avoidance, all these childhood stories that have formed us and how we show up uh, today, I think um, are worth, yeah, it's, it's worth looking at those um, and to have a neutral party to work through those with you. It doesn't have to be a therapist, right? Uh, that's, that's my approach. And yes. we provide therapists to everyone in the company, for instance. Um, but there are so many other ways, um, conversations, having trusted friends, trusted advisors, a coach, um, a mastermind group, whatever works for you. Is completely fine. It's just important to make this part of your daily routine or weekly mm -hmm. routine to create space for that kind of thinking and um, yeah, that kind of work because it, it's hard to forget about that in your daily hustle, right? So I like to go for daily walks uh, in the morning and I just take yes. two hours to think about stuff, um, trying to figure out what is the biggest challenge, where am I limiting myself, what are maybe factors that play into us slowing down in growth or me not being happy um, about something. Um, yeah. And time is a luxury. Yes. And that's true. But I think creating that time can lead to way better results. Um, and it's not always work, work, work. Right. I think hustle culture is quite dangerous because it, it paints a dangerous picture of work will get you there. Sometimes stopping and and taking a step back and rethinking your approach is actually way more powerful than, um, than just going for it and just working 80 hour weeks. I couldn't agree with you more. Something I talk about in my book, Mr. Lancey talks mental health is taking breaks. A lot of entrepreneurs have experienced this burnout feeling, this hustle culture. I was involved in that working 15, 16, 17 hour days, trying to grow myself as an entrepreneur, because there is always something to do from website to social media, to backend work, to simply your actual service and products. There's so much to do, but I find myself taking intentional screen breaks, intentional breaks. I exercise in the morning, similar to you. I have my morning's routine and that just pays major dividends for the start of 
progress I've been making over the last decade. But I think now it's a great time to hop into the Spotlight story. And I'm excited for this one because I haven't had someone in the gaming industry come on the show. I know that's how you started, and it's a good testament to it's not always where you finish, where you start. Keep plugging away, everyone. But I do want to get some insight from our guest today on how to become a gaming entrepreneur, just in case there's anyone out there who is in this situation. There are many earning opportunities in this industry, and it is important to find your own unique niche when becoming a gaming entrepreneur. Gaming is a vast industry where you can earn money in many ways. Some develop a game, others work on innovative technologies that can be implemented in these games, and so much more. But what is the video game industry? There are many myths surrounding the video games that have formed a persistent stigma. For example, one of the misconceptions is that only teenagers are interested. According to research, about 47% of the surveyed gamers are parents themselves. Others think that games are a man world. Contrary to this belief, Statista found that the gaming world in the United States is about to achieve gender equality. And I love that. Gaming, oppor gaming industry opportunities you can use. Game development. Cutting edge technology. Streaming, which has become very, very popular. Blogging ports and so much more and i'll touch on one famous gaming entrepreneur to see if anyone out there has heard of him and this one is from the kickstarter app palmer developed the first prototype of virtual reality device at the age of 18 palmer lucky founded oculus vr which is in the beginning of many video game starts and raised two million dollars on kickstarter then palmer sold the company to facebook for two billion in 2015 at the same time Palmer keeps working on devices that improve augmented world experience and the virtual one. Hey, Sebastian, what do you take away from this article? Yeah, first of all, I love it. I, I love the industry, right? I worked in, in the industry for four to five years. Um, still have a lot of friends uh, that are working in the industry. So it's a, it's a great place to be. And I, I like how things have changed. Back in the day, you really needed massive budgets. There were still a lot of like indie developers there, but in general, um, it's it was harder to, to develop games. These right. days, it becomes easier. It becomes more of a distribution uh, game, so you have to know how to market. Um, but tools have become better. Uh, right now, depending on when you listen to this, um, there is a game called Lord's Manor on Steam that it gets raving reviews. But it was built by one person, right? Uh, which is insane. Um, that, so the tools that we have at our disposal these days are insanely powerful, allow us to do way more than uh, than back in the day. Um, but at the same time, I think was what was a little bit lacking in, in the article was thinking about smaller opportunities that are still enough for like a one-person uh, band or maybe a smaller team. Right. Um, because... There are so many new opportunities opening up, like Twitch streaming and so on, which they talked about, but you can provide services to Twitch streamers. You can build an agency that provides like just community support to um, gaming companies. So there, there's an ecosystem developing where smart entrepreneurs can find opportunities and then just specialize on that without having to build a game or build hardware, because that's has a much higher barrier of entry. So super exciting. It's a, it's a new market um, and there's a lot of money in that market, a lot of potential and it's insane growth. Uh, also thanks to the Nintendo Wii, um, which opened up the more the female market back in the day, it was really more uh, like a uh, thing for guys, um, at least 
out of my own experience. So the market is opening up. It's, it's becoming way more diverse. Mobile is a big thing. Um, VR, AR in the future, uh, it's, it's an exciting place to be. So um, yeah, uh, lots of opportunities there if you're into gaming. Yes, thank you for the analysis and everyone out there. If that is what you are seeking, go out and get it. There is a lot of opportunity, as he said. Sebastian is a great resource to have. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show to find out how to get in touch with him and all things from his company. But let's dive right back into the show, Sebastian. I'm excited to learn more from you. If you can recommend one app, book, tool, or workshop to our community of entrepreneurs, what would it be? Please describe that. Yeah, there are tons of tools. I'm, I'm a techie, but I would actually go back to therapy, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't want to want to focus too much on, on the technical stuff because it changes so much, but really working on the fundamental things that will stick with you and improve things way more than any tool or book can. If I could recommend a book, uh, check out Naval Ravikant's uh, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, um, which is a great book about business, but also putting it in context with uh, wealth and health, right? So that is very interesting. Um, but overall, the tool is whatever helps you to gain clarity um, on your like own ambitions and how you work. That the implications of that are really hard to measure. But I have yet to find one person that said well, that wasn't worth it. I think that says a lot there not being worth it is a far stretch, but it happens. Sometimes people are dissatisfied, but if you could take away something, it's always worth it. Like today, I've taken away so much from you, Sebastian. But before we sign off, I love this question. It's my favorite one of the show. Which entrepreneur would you choose to sit down with throughout history and why? Yeah, I would actually choose Naval probably. I, I like his approach to business. He's sometimes called the business philosopher. Um, so he he doesn't just talk about leverage and creating great businesses, but also how it ties into your life and your, your own awareness and health and how you can use business to create a better life for yourself, which to me is, is interesting because I got stuck for like a long time in the mindset of, I need to focus on business and build a big business. And I forgot the question, why? Like, what's the point of, of entrepreneurship and business in my life? Um, I don't want to build the next Facebook not really sure if I could, to be honest, but I also don't want to um, because I I want to craft a life that's true to me and that um, is mainly about optionality, lots of freedom, how I structure my day, um, spending time with great people. Um, and then if you think about it that way, uh, business is just a tool to get there. Um, and I like how he thinks about that, um, how he thinks about leverage and and doing more with less so you have more time for other stuff. I love it. Let's take it one step further, though. Where would the meeting be if you got the chance to choose that as well? Yeah, honestly, I don't care. I would probably maybe go for a hike or a coffee walk um, because I think better uh, while I walk uh, and I love good coffee. So, um, yeah, just a good coffee walk with an hour would be nice. Uh, I think I could learn a lot from him. Uh, hopefully we'll have a would have a good conversation that he would get something out of as well. Be hopefully sure to tag him when this episode goes live. That way he listens to your episode and he does link up with you one day. But I want to thank you so much, Sebastian, for taking the time all the way in Germany to stop by the show here in Tampa, Florida. I learned so much from you today, and I know our audience will too. Everything from the beginning, the power of no, sticking with the fundamentals, SEO, digital marketing, all the link building advice, why taking breaks are important, and so much more. Please let everybody know where they can find you, find more about your company. 
Yeah. So if you if you run a tech or SaaS startup, um, go to dofollow.io. Uh, we specialize on on that niche. We help tech startups to to get ranked on Google. Um, if you want to connect with me, find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is Seb Sheffer. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just type in dofollow. You will find me. Um, I'm not super active on any other social media platforms. I try to stick to the the basics and say no to everything else. Yes, I have taken time away from social media consistently. I know it would probably help me more if I was an everyday poster, but my time can be better spent, I feel, in other ways. I say this a lot. I don't feel there will be a school or an organization that won't hire me to speak or with my books because I don't post three times a day. But for some businesses, social media is vital. You need to be on it all day. But that's just not for me personally either. Thank you again, Sebastian, for stopping by and everyone tuning in. We will see you next Friday on That Entrepreneur Show. Signing off from Germany. Thank you so much.